please move to your seats in the coach section of the airplane without looking the first class passengers in the eye. It's one more thing. Armstrong and Getty. One more thing. Hey, before we get to that, I got an idea for a long-form podcast that maybe our executive producer Hanson could get on. I know there's a, I think there's a documentary, I know there's a book, if not more books, about the whole Central Park jogger case. Oh, man. I don't know if you're following, that's been resurrected as a story as the, uh, the, 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 the Central Park Five, the guys that attacked the jogger in Central Park, this woman, and raped her and beat her into our coma back in 1989. It was a story all over the nation. Um, they were innocent. And went to prison for many years. Uh, anyway, they're out speaking now, and it's it's getting another look. And it's a damned interesting story. And I thought we ought to get on, if we can't get on one of the guys, somebody who's written the book or whatever. Because it's, it's such an interesting story about the media, about politics, about, you know, uh, crime and punishment. Race. Race, obviously. All kinds of different things. Where they found five guys that they could hang this on because New York was getting such a such a black eye for this horrific event that happened, right? I lived in rural Kansas at the time. Right. And the idea that a woman jogging through a park could be attacked and beaten into a coma, just horrific. Why would anybody ever live there or go there? Groups of lawless boys, young men, wilding, wilding was the term. Right, yeah. which turned yeah. out to be just a whole made-up thing. I mean, it just the whole thing was was false. Yeah. These these Well, these five guys didn't do it. And they spent between six and 13 years in prison for Oof. this crime. Wow. And they eventually nailed down the guy who confessed to it, DNA test, figured it out. These guys didn't do it. And then when you get through all of the um, uh, the various people in police and prosecution and lawyers who knew they didn't do it, but it was just too far down the road. And oh, man. public was howling for, for someone to pay the price. It's a really interesting story. Wow. Yep. Wow. That's incredibly troubling. Yeah. It yeah. is on a whole bunch of levels. We'll have to look into that. All right, then. Maybe someday in the future in a long-form podcast. So I've mentioned uh, once or twice on the radio show that my daughter, Little D, uh, came home from college for just a few days, unfortunately. She's a busy girl. She has more important things to do than visit her poor old parents. But, <laughs> uh, so she's flying coast to coast, and there are horrific storms uh, on the East Coast where she's uh, living and going to school. And so she gets delayed for a full 24 hours. And she gets into, well, before she was delayed, she's there at the airport. Flights are getting canceled. Right. and she waits in the line to get it dealt with. The people in front of her happen to be going to the same place. Um, and it took them 40 minutes to figure out what they were going to do with them. So she stood there tapping her foot, waiting for another one of the gate agents to come available for 40 minutes. What do you mean, figure out what to do with them? Oh, how to reroute them, how to get them where they're going. Oh. Where do we send you through what airport tomorrow, I guess? And blah, blah, blah. 40 minutes? Yeah, I know. I, I know. But so little D uh, took considerably less because she was traveling alone. It's easier to find one seat than two. But she got routed all over God's green earth to get home. But one of the legs from LaGuardia to Chicago's O'Hare, New York to, to Chicago, was in first class. Because oh, that awesome. was the only seat that they had for her. Right. Um, but she was completely uncomfortable the whole way. She kept texting me, Dad, this is weird. People keep asking me what I want, and everybody's looking <laughs> yeah. at me. They know I'm a faker. They can tell I'm not supposed to I'm be imposter here. Imposter syndrome. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I said, everybody's faking it. Don't worry about it. Enjoy it. I say, I actually said this is probably violating the law to even say this uh, on a podcast. But I, I told her, 
uh, ask for a glass of wine, and if they card you, tell them you're going to open the emergency exit door. <laughs> oh, or, or say you just you're just saying that because I'm American Indian. <laughs> oh my god! Then they'll give you the drink. <laughs> oh my god! Oh, it's hardball. Uh, but so it was funny because and and then she got home, and I expected her to say, but you know, once I got used to it, it was kind of cool, but. No, she was just so uncomfortable. I always there. fear wielding. I'm not in first class very often in my life. I always feel weird there. No, I love it. <laughs> I was born for it. Um, but, and then I said to her, well, all that extra room you had like that. And she says, Dad, I'm pretty small. There's plenty of room in a regular seat for me, which is obviously sizest discrimination. Larger people uh-huh. are discriminated against by the airlines. Yep. They ought to have a huge variety of seats and leg rooms. Uh, and I'm going to sue soon. Class action. Please join me. But. The one thing about first class, here's a little hack for you, a little life hack. It, it's prohibitively expensive for most people most of the time, mm-hmm. um, but it is vastly more pleasant. And well, here's, yeah, it definitely no, no, is no, more no, pleasant. No, 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 listen, yeah. though. Here's the one time it's worth it. And and if if it's like an extra $800 per seat, well, then you'd have to be a rich guy or crazy in my mind to do it. But on a couple of vacations, when Judy and I had like an all-day multiple flight thing, right? and it was only like $350 uh, per seat extra to fly first class, It here it here's what it does. Day one, and whatever, we'll say day seven, last day of vacation, those two days go from miserable days you dread. All the way up to and then suffer through to another day of vacation on each end of your oh, vacation. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It is part of your vacation. It's it's because. like being at a nice nightclub. Because you're in a very comfortable chair with a whole bunch of entertainment options, right. eating real food. Right. They're serving you <laughs> drinks if you want them. With a bathroom wherever, whenever you want. You just go to the bathroom whenever you want. No, get out of my way or can I get through here or anything like uh, that. Right. It's, it's pretty cush and pretty fun. And you think about, all right, what are you spending on your vacation mm-hmm. per day? It depends on different people, obviously, different levels of wealth, et cetera. But, you know, if... If it only costs you a few hundred bucks to have those two days be like relaxing and pleasurable, as opposed to miserable, uh, that's when we've done it. Yeah, factored into the price of your overall vacation, and yeah, and did not regret it. But, but I never can. I never. I never will be able to on like I'm um, going from here to Chicago trip, and I think you know what, my life's going okay. What would first class cost? And I think. Okay, so I could be slightly more comfortable for three and a half hours. Right. Or spend this on, I can think of like 50 other things I'd rather spend the money on. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, depending on the way you look at life, normally it's crazy, but man, for a vacation, it's great. Or, of course, save it. Penny saved is a penny earned, Jack. Absolutely. Well, I will tell you, you know, back in the day at various radio stations in several markets, uh, they would fly you places like, I don't know, London, England, and we would get bumped up to first class. Because you worked for a radio station or something? Yeah, just the way it kind of worked out, because we would go with a bunch of listeners, maybe two, three hundred listeners as well, and some of us managed to get bumped up to first class. (laughs) There you go. And I will tell you, If you drink and you're on a long flight, first class is... Freaking awesome. Oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, they start serving you drinks before you take oh, off. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Here, yeah. a bottle of champagne. Peasants are still trying to squeeze into their seats. <laughs> right, right. Right. I had Greyhound move me up to the front of the bus once. <laughs> you know <laughs> what? Nice view up there. <laughs> yeah. Another life hack. Right. You know what I don't get is um, when I hear you tell stories like that, Marshall, or anybody in any business on how, yeah, we used to we used to fly first class or used to have an expense account doing this right. and blah, blah, blah. 
businesses always have been into making profit and as much profit as possible. Mm-hmm. But why did it go from that to, you know, you can't get toner for your copier <laughs> in every business in America? Right. You know, uh, part of it's global competition. The other part of it, I think, is we've gone from the era where you have two employers in your life to where you have like four careers and 16 employers. Um they don't care if you're happy? Is that yeah, what you're saying? Yeah, I think or? that's part of it. Yeah, they don't care as much. Right. It, well, it's like, you know, the same reason they pamper first-class customers, because you're worth more. Um, yeah, it, it's probably those two things, although I haven't thought about that much. I don't know. Cost of insurance? The liberals? <laughs> <laughs> the liberals. That's it. But well, don't you know, you know lots of it. industries where people say that? Yeah, yeah back oh, in the yeah, day, yeah. we used to have the front row seats at the local stadium, and right. we go out to eat all the time, and fly first class, and all this. Yeah. And now none of that exists. Right. Well, we've talked about this in a number of contexts through the years, but you, we, the, the American people, measure so much in the last 50, 60, 70 years, whatever it is. Or, or even the last 30, 40 years, which still are so incredibly influenced by the post-WW2 period, where Europe was leveled. Asia was still pre-modern, economically speaking. Right. And, and we just sat astride the globe like a colossus of old with our manufacturing might and the rest of it. Mm-hmm. You wanted a car, you're going to buy an American car if you had any money. And now you got every country on earth is, is cranking out. Well, that grossly overstates it. I'm sorry. You have quite a number of countries that are cranking out some really high quality goods. Mm-hmm. Haiti's not making cars. <laughs> no, <laughs> no. None you'd want to drive. <laughs> they might right. have cars, but they're not great. <laughs> New from right. Republic of the Congo right. Motors. Right, right. No, nobody's saying that. I understand your point, though. So, yeah, if you were to remove that period. From America's history, well, yeah, well, never mind. I don't want to go down. That could too be the reason. I don't road. know if it is or not, but that's part of it. Purse strings were certainly looser back in the day than they are now. Oh yeah, yeah. I know people high levels in some companies. They they fly coach, and you know, as another employee right. who wants money to be spent on uh, me or <laughs> or reinvested or whatever, I'm fine with that. But but people that back in the day, no way would have been flying cross the country coach back in the day in big companies. And they right. do now. Yeah. It's part of the deal. Yep. 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 Well, everything's just getting worse. <laughs> That's the point. And you know you blame the liberals. The liberals. Well, I guess that's it.